again, it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. While I've grouped many of my stories into themes for each episode for this podcast, sometimes the most random things inspire me. I think that's what's been the most fun for me during my daily sketchbook and writing habit. I've literally no clue what I'll be inspired to sketch, and even less clue as to what I'll end up rambling on about based on what appears on the page. While I'm sure a sane person would plan things out a bit more in advance, I truly love living life as it comes. Life is just like any good story, where it's far more fun if you don't know exactly what's going to happen next. It's also why I love art challenges, and for anyone who's not aware, July is World Watercolor Month. I hope everyone listening who loves to paint and color with watercolor will join us throughout the month. Just add hashtag World Watercolor Month when you post on social media. Please visit worldwatercolormonth.com to learn more. And now I hope you enjoy this little collection of stories filled with random inspiration. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Life in Sneakers So when it comes to shoes, you'll most often find me sporting a pair of sneakers. This was my latest pair that I had sketched one day, and in real life they're not quite the bright green, but I sort of wish they were, so I made them look something like that. Something like you might wear to visit the Emerald City of Oz. And that opportunity would certainly make me smile. I do own other types of shoes, but I rarely wear them. When it's cold, you might find me sporting a pair of boots simply because I have to, but now that it's summer, the sneakers will win all of the time. These types of shoes are typically meant for physical exercise of some sort, and I assume walking must count, which I do each day, so that's enough to justify my choice. I wore a pair of leather shoes the other day, and Philippe referred to them as my old man shoes, but in truth, they were probably better classified as age-appropriate. The truth is, I am getting older and should probably contemplate more grown-up footwear, for certain events at least. But for now, I'm happy with my colorful kicks that boost my spirit and always make me smile. I once bought a pair of expensive Italian leather shoes that were oh so fashionable but left little to be desired when it came to comfort. They're now sulking in the back of my closet in their little felt shoe bags, waiting until that next wedding or funeral when I have to grudgingly put them on again. I was thrilled a few years back when my friend asked me to be her bridesmaid. Well, that wouldn't quite work, so I was on the other side with the other groomsmen, but we both knew the real story. The colors for the wedding were gray and yellow, and all of the groomsmen were decked out in gray suits while sporting yellow Adidas tennis shoes. Though I never really wore the suit again, at least the shoes got a second life. It was a wonderful souvenir of the event, and I still put them on from time to time. You can't really color coordinate bright yellow shoes, so you just have to add them in with confidence whenever the mood strikes you. It's not that I have a problem with growing older, it's just that I can't deal with growing up. If there are things I still love, it just feels weird to ignore them because I'm a middle-aged man who should somehow be past all of that. It's not like I received a note in the mail telling me that because I'm older, I should now be like this instead of that. Except for the oddly timed junk mail that always assumes I'm a decade older than I actually am. There's just an odd socialization that happens when everyone else your age starts to do something a certain way and you have a choice as to whether or not you want to comply. 
It's funny because it's no different than when I was younger and always trying to fit in. One of the things I love about being a grown-up is that I now know that fitting in doesn't matter at all. There's nothing made more important when it's just what everyone else is doing. The opposite, in fact, is true. So no matter how old I become, I'm quite content to trod my own path, happily enjoying my life in sneakers. Cookies don't have calories. When it comes to sweets, I'm a huge fan of all of them, as many of you know. So when I had an art challenge prompt of cookies once, it made me smile just seeing the word. When choosing what to paint, I had to giggle at myself as I adore tea cookies entirely for the wrong reasons. Their miniature size is the cutest, and due to their diminutive stature, I can completely convince myself they won't harm my waistline. It's impressive how my mind can shut off logic in order to allow me to indulge in treats guilt-free. In truth, simply a couple of tea cookies wouldn't do much harm, but I find it difficult to stop at just two. They're too small to be truly satisfying that way, and I always find myself sneaking enough to form a proper cookie. The two that were delicately served with tea simply become edible garnish, and the two or four I sample after are the actual treat I deserve. This approach to tea cookies has caused Philippe to stop me from buying packs of them at Home Goods. So sadly, this is just another fantasy doodle wash. As a kid, my favorite type of cookies were the kind delivered to the door by Girl Scouts. The peanut butter sandwich cookies were my favorite, and I used to love dunking them in milk first for a tried and tested number of seconds before gobbling them up. There was, after all, an art to getting just the right blend of soggy and crunchy. These cookies were wrapped in little six-packs, so opening one usually meant you might as well finish or it would all go to waste. Instead, it did actually go to my waistline, and I was, as a result, a bit of a chubby little kid. Well, in the 70s, they called boys husky and girls chubby, both horrible terms that haunt many of us to this day. Yet the boy term is still in use, mostly because nobody really knows what it was meant to actually mean or where it came from in the first place. Either way, it's a label, and those always pretty much suck. Despite my younger transgressions, a middle school growth spurt turned me into slim, but I've still had various growth spurts of a horizontal kind as an adult. What I've come to realize is that all food is a wonderful thing when enjoyed in the right moderation. Even treats can be part of the equation as long as everything is properly balanced. It's not only food that this applies to, but indeed life as well. For me, I just strive to strike a balance with things and hope everything works out as it should, and I'm fully aware when I'm still giving myself ludicrous pep talks in order to justify some wild thing I want to do next. The difference now is that I can often let the thing stay in my imagination and enjoy it there instead. I couldn't possibly have or achieve all of the things that flit through my mind each and every day, but I'll always allow myself a little treat every now and again. Life just isn't a real life if it doesn't contain a dose of joy. I will do everything I know I should most of the time, but sometimes I still like to break the rules. These days, it's just a fun little game I play in my head that allows me a bit of extra pleasure. After all, tea cookies don't have calories. Peanut Day. 
once I did a little sketch to celebrate Peanut Day, as obviously one might do, and I ended up with a little bird enjoying some peanuts. Apparently, Blue Jays are quite the fan of shelled peanuts, and I do have to agree that these are probably my favorite as well. We often have a bowl of them on the table when I was a kid, and it was one of my favorite snacks. Of course, I was equally a fan of peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which was my most requested item in my sack lunch for school. These days, Philippe adds a bit of peanut butter to the smoothies that he makes for us at breakfast. He loves the flavor of peanut butter, but isn't really a fan of peanuts by themselves. I, on the other hand, will enjoy them in any form they come in. Though apparently there's a condition called arachibutyrophobia, where people are terrified of peanut butter sticking to the roof of their mouth. Whilst not the best side effect of a peanut butter sandwich, I've never been quite bothered by it. And I often still forget the fact that peanuts are not really nuts at all. They're actually legumes since they grow and mature underground and not on trees. No matter what, I'm still a huge fan. As a kid, my brother would grab a spoon and dive into a jar of peanut butter like it was a bit of yogurt. This was always a bit alarming to me and I requested he have his own specific jar. That said, he grew up much more muscular than me so perhaps all of that protein paid off. I grew up lanky and all my attempts to seriously exercise only tended to shred muscle and give me a more angular physique, roughly like a praying mantis. But I still have very fond memories of peanut butter. When I would spend parts of my summer on my grandparents' farm, we'd be sent out with bits of celery and peanut butter. I actually haven't had this snack in years, but it was always one of my favorites at the time. I'm sure it was merely concocted as a method to get kids to actually eat celery, but it was brilliant and I loved it. It made me feel much better about the fact that I was perfectly rubbish at baling hay and made a hot summer afternoon rather incredible. So I definitely support this little I'm not really a nut getting its own day to be a champion. What I think I love most about these little celebration days is that they complement my own approach to life. The little things are the best things of all. It's wonderful to me that the most commonplace things in the world are deemed worthy enough to have their own special day. I hope in my art that I do this each and every day, illustrating profoundly simple little bits of life to spark memories and hopefully make smiles happen. At least that's my goal. There is definitely something to be said for that very serious art hanging in galleries that attempts to shock and displace us, and I'm sure that's incredible to those who adore it as well. For me, I'm happy sticking with the commonplace things. My only artist statement is to remind people of the existence of such things so they can travel back into their own memories and enjoy a relived moment. Just a bit of peanuts and a bird who rather enjoys them is enough for me when it comes to my sketches. And in many ways, I want to always be this bird, thrilled not by the astoundingly unusual things in life, but the ridiculously common things, like finding a bit of something you thoroughly enjoy and having your own special peanut day. Kissing a Frog 
There's a rather curious tale known as the Frog Prince. Versions of the story have appeared in folklore, and one of the more commonly known is Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm's version. In this telling of the story, a spoiled princess loses a golden ball. A frog helps her retrieve it. She makes a promise to be a companion to the frog, tries to break it, then is told by the king she shouldn't be such a jerk and break her promises. It all ends rather alarmingly with her throwing the frog against the wall in desperation, and he magically transforms back into a prince. Oddly, in all of the original written versions of this tale, there's never a mention of any kiss breaking the spell, though the violent ending was thankfully later replaced with having the frog spend three nights on the princess's pillow. Despite it never being a part of the story, somewhere along the way, the idea that the princess kissed the frog to break the spell became commonplace. That's the fun of folk tales. And it also prompted the phrase, sometimes you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find a prince. I've always been fascinated with folktales, mostly because the story we often know today is so different from the original. This is probably good in the case of the frog prince, as there's even a Scottish version where the princess takes an axe and chops off the frog's head. The weird part here is that it immediately says, behold, there stood before her a handsome young prince, And we only have the word handsome to assume that he even still has a head. It seems the modern retelling of a kiss is probably the best bet in the end. And just the idea of kissing a few frogs to find a prince is a fun concept. In fact, I often feel like that's the case with my daily paintings. Some turn out really well and others just so-so. But I keep right on going, frog after frog, until that one that breaks through and feels a bit more exceptional. And like a good folktale, I learned a little something with each painting and each story along the way. In truth, sometimes I learn a lot more from my less successful illustrations, things I take to heart and do differently the next time. And for that, I rather love those little bloopers that I have along the way. They teach me so much. Oh sure, I've had some watercolor paintings that I really did want to throw against the wall like that princess in the original fairy tale, but I never do. Instead, I post them. Whatever came out and whatever I rambled on about comes out on my blog every single day. By the way, I do rather like how my frog turned out today. The first frog I ever painted was an April Fool's Day optical illusion that was more of a trick than a true study of a frog. But as you know, I like to have a ton of fun along this journey. To me, it's all a lovely game of trial and error, and one I always find so rewarding. There's no pressure when I know I'll find that prince of a painting every few weeks. Until then, you'll always find me unashamedly and happily kissing a frog. was not for me. Once I had an art challenge prompt of tea, combined with the warm weather, it made me immediately think of iced tea, of course. I love a glass of iced tea, but have never liked it when sugar was added. When I was a kid, we would visit my father's family in South Carolina. There we would discover something known as sweet tea. This isn't to be confused with sweetened tea, where you add just a little spoonful of sugar or a packet of sugar substitute. This is a wildly sweet sugar-infused tea using one to two cups of sugar per batch. 
The name sweet tea was actually rarely used when my family visited, as it was simply called tea when they served it. There simply wasn't another option on the menu. Asking my aunt if she had an unsweetened tea would cause her face to contort, shifting from overwhelming confusion to outright disgust. I would immediately feel guilty and ask for a glass of water instead, but this of course, judging from her newly contorted face, was not an acceptable response either. So I'd quietly drawl in my best fake southern accent that I'd surely enjoy a little sweet tea. Despite my early transgressions, her face would suddenly light up and she'd rush off smiling, sometimes even singing to herself, and return with a glistening pitcher. But it made me smile to know that she was happy. I'd spend the remainder of the time taking fake sips until I could dispose of it properly, but even if she ever knew this, she didn't seem to care. It was simply a custom to serve sweet tea. What anyone did after that was their business. That's just good upbringing. This lesson carried with me in life as I grew up and found myself in other similar situations. Sometimes it takes the smallest compromises in the world to make others smile. And given a choice, I'd rather see a face lighting up with joy than contorting in confused pain. There's no harm in trying someone else's tradition, and many times it's like exchanging a little gift. Sure, maybe the kind you'll return the next day, but in that moment it's a beautiful thing indeed. It's been years since I even thought about those times. Funny how a simple drink can bring back so many memories. And I still love trying new things, even when I realize they aren't something I enjoy. If you never try, you'll never know in the first place. And for me, knowing that things you don't like simply makes more room in life for the things you do enjoy. These days, I'll often have some new thing I'm excited to share with friends, and I'll sometimes find that I'm literally the only person in the room who finds it quite as thrilling. This does nothing to dissuade my own enthusiasm. Even a polite reaction is better than the alternative. And I just think back to my aunt who just wanted to share something that she loved with those she loved as well. It never hurts to take a sip of someone else's enthusiasm, even if, in the end, sweet tea was not for me. Waiting for memories to appear. Once on Mother's Day, I sketched a Polaroid camera. Back when I was a kid, when it came to making smiles, mom would always do so with a camera, and a Polaroid camera was a sure bet. This behemoth of a camera was a top seller in the late 70s and called the Polaroid Land Camera 1000. I'm not sure why it could only be used on land and not out at sea or in space, but that was just what it was called. The very thought of such instant gratification was intoxicating. Just press the button and a loud and startling whirring and grinding sound would spit out a photograph. Amazing! In reality, the instant part was a little oversold. Once the photo was ejected, the actual image would slowly appear over several minutes, forming contours and deepening colors, a bit like watercolor. As much as I enjoyed watching this process, I usually lost interest before the final version was ready and just wanted to see another photo spit out of the cool machine. In many ways, the act of taking the pictures became more of a memory than what came out. 
That horribly wonderful sound of the picture being taken and thrust out of the camera was really my favorite part. It was like a tiny factory was inside processing the image. It made the experience feel visceral and important. Each time, it would startle the hell out of me and I would giggle, producing the kind of smiles my mother only wished she had actually captured in the moment before. But it was too late, as the tiny camera gnomes had already done the deed and loudly delivered the almost but not quite a photo, please wait. These days, the gratification is far more instant, as we snap our digital photos with our cameras and phones. But rather than huddling around to enjoy the process and watching as an image appears, it's usually just a quick glance, often to gain approval as to whether or not we can post it online or need to take another shot. The Polaroid experience made something entirely different happen. The photos became a side effect of a process of giggling and truly coming together in a single moment. Though I certainly love and use all of the delightfully modern tools we have at our disposal today, I do miss the days when life wasn't quite so instant. Slower days when the photo itself was the only thing you had to remember a particular time. It wasn't turned digital and immediately broadcast to multiple places. Perhaps it might find a place in a scrapbook to be enjoyed much later by a select few who were lucky enough to be able to flip through the pages. In many ways, this modern approach can make memories seem less like memories at all. Simply moments, instantly captured and instantly forgotten. Saving them online only matters if we take the time to go back and review them. That's what I did today. I went back to the beginning and read some of my earliest posts. I read about an enthusiastic guy who was enamored with watercolor and wanted to create a movement for an approach to art he coined Doodle Wash. Not quite four years later, so much has happened, and yet I'm thrilled that I've managed to capture the journey along the way. And a special thanks to each of you who've subscribed to my posts online or listened to select few of them via this podcast. It means the world to me that you're supporting my watercolor passion while waiting for memories to appear. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. 